the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, uh, big, uh, big day, super, super, super Tuesday. I keep thinking of those um, monster truck commercials back when I was uh, a kid. What was it? It was a, uh, and they also had the races there. Lebanon Valley Speedway, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No, it's Super Tuesday, Super Tuesday, Super Tuesday. And um, to watch, um, to watch what's going on, the the big show, because this is this is crafted much like um, the West Wing or House of Cards. A lot of this is is predetermined, people. I hope you recognize that, right? Hope you you understand that the power of the parties here in the United States. And it's one of the reasons why Donald Trump is uh, such a unsavory character because he was outside that world, outside the pecking order, outside of who's next. If you go back to um, the year exactly I, I can't remember the exact year but anyway um maybe it's 2000 I, I, this is back when uh good look it up marco rubio decides to run for the senate in the state of florida now uh, i'm not a big marco rubio fan right now I, I i liked him on his way up i did i liked many of the things he said now he's He's all in big government now, and I really do think that Marco Rubio should go out and get a real job for a while before he decides to run for president. He's been a lifelong politician, and I, I don't have much respect for that. In fact, I have little respect. For, I have no respect for that, I'll be honest with you, none. But anyway, uh, Marco Rubio has taken on the establishment, the Republican establishment in the state of Florida. A guy, a re- governor, was a Republican governor by the name of Charlie Crist. And Charlie Crisp was a, a wishy-washy guy, but he was a party insider. He was a party insider. He knew the right people. He shook the right hands, all sorts of good stuff. And the Republican Party in the state of Florida, which they're not supposed to do, basically endorsed Charlie Crisp when it's supposed to be open. And Charlie Crisp ended up losing and if you remember, he became an independent and tried to run against Rubio and lost. And then he decided to become a Democrat. Well, before then, he decided to work for one of those, um, uh, those ambulance-chasing law firms and, and do commercials for them. But anyway, Charlie Crist, now a, a Democrat. So anyway, it, it, the parties like to run things. They like to decide who's next, who's in charge, um, who, the, who, who is running the show? Now, let, let's go to Barack Obama, shall we? Barack Obama came out of nowhere. I, I, I think that the Democrats kind of saw an opportunity with him. I don't know if they necessarily thought that he was going to win that time around. I highly doubt that. But, but they saw people kind of rallying around Barack. And, and again, they had a problem. They had an issue. You had the, um, the lady that was supposed to be doing it. That's Hillary. I mean, that's the one that they expected in 2008. It's the one they wanted in 2008. They, they, they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. And at the convention, where there might have been a contested 
convention, they cut a deal, and the Obama camp and the Clinton camps got together. And those were two camps that didn't like each other at all. And Hillary Clinton all of a sudden became Secretary of State, and she was promised to become the next president after Barack. Now, Barack Obama, completely unqualified to be president of the United States. And if you take a look at the people that he surrounded himself with, he had a lot of big-time Democrat handlers in a myriad of different positions. And I made this suggestion here on the program. I know everybody thinks he's the smartest guy ever. It's just a bunch of crap. Uh, he's basically the name on the package. That's all. He had people, they had people working for him that was handling the heavy lifting. Uh, the Democrats, very organized. Obamacare was ready to go. Obamacare was ready to go. And again, he, he came into power where he had, he had, again, a good time to come into power. People say, oh, geez, Barack Obama came in in the midst of a financial crisis. That is a win. Do you understand? In the United States of America, if you could come in, if you could come into office during a financial downturn, you can do nothing. You could go, you could go play golf. You could give press conferences and go play golf. And guess what? The ship will right itself. It will. But it offered, it offered up the Democrat Party to do all sorts of uh, big government things all in the name of helping, making homes affordable, the uh, bailout of the automakers, Obamacare, taking over student loans, and we can go on and on and on. And one could argue that the Obama presidency was one of the more consequential, at least his first two years, consequential presidencies we've ever seen. Hey, listen, like the guy, I hate the guy. I'm not a fan of his policies at all. And I like to use the word hate. That's a bad term. Can't stand his policies at all, but he got things done. The things that they wanted to get done. He had the people around them. They got things done. First two years. First two years. They didn't care. They, they, that was basically the point. We got to get things done the first two years, and then they got wiped out in 2010. Democrats got destroyed in 2010. Now we go to 2012 presidential election. Uh, Mitt Romney bumbling, fumbling, bumbling. What a choke job. Another one of the, the worst presidential campaigns I've ever seen in my entire life next to John McCain's. But anyway, anyway, it's neither here nor there. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. If Joe Biden, these are two scenarios that I see. Um, you, you now see, you're starting to see Democrats get their mind right. Klobuchar and uh, you know, Amy Klobuchar, not even, not even endorsing the other woman in the race. How long ago was it where the New York Times, their endorsement was either Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren? Remember that? That, that, that was their endorsement, New York Times. But anyway, uh, yeah, Pete Buttigieg, you've got Beto. And does Beto even carry any weight? Would I even be looking for his help in this? But anyway, they, they, they're all jumping on board the Biden 
train. Now, I, I, I still, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see how Joe Biden is going to make it through a campaign. I, I don't. I don't. I, listen, everybody screws up and makes gaffes and wording errors, but he's doing it all the time. And it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when he's going to say something really ridiculous. And, and right now, a lot of the stuff, I mean, we, we mentioned here from time to time, some of the other conservative talk shows mentioned it, but it's, it gets brushed underneath the rug now. Um, during a, you know, the general, it, it's not going to get brushed underneath the rug. Donald Trump is going to hammer those things home again and again and again. And though it, it may make him seem a bit of a sympathetic character, he's going to have to do it the right way. You know, are Americans going to vote for somebody that they think is just, you know, on their way out? And there's two things that I, I see happening. Joe Biden, Joe Biden wins the nomination. I know Bloomberg's still holding out hope. I'll get to Bloomberg in a moment. Joe Biden ends up winning the, the nomination here. We'll, we'll see what happens today. Again, I, I, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, ends up winning the nomination, some sort of horse trading brokered convention, and it's going to be a, they're going to they're gonna put this thing together. They're going to sell it like it's the damn, uh, damn superhero movie. It's like the Democrat Avengers or Justice League or whatever, Woke League, whatever the hell they want to call it. And that's how Joe's going to have to sell this thing. The only other way I see something happening is that Joe, Joe on his way to getting the nomination just says, you know what, my health is not there, I can't do it. Assembles all these delegates and at the convention throws them all to Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do think that that is a, a serious possibility. I do. Because no, I don't think Mike Bloomberg is even the slightest bit uh, electable uh, nationally. I, I, you got to hear some of the commercials that he's running. I don't know if they're running them everywhere. Well, he's got the money to, but they're running them here in New York, and they're just ridiculous. They really are. So anyway, th- th- that's kind of how I see it. Um, see what's happening today. I mean, Biden's going to need a lot of help. A lot of hey, listen. The, 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 I gotta, the Democrats are better than the Republicans at this stuff. They are. They are. I, I remember, Barack Obama ran on what? Hope and change. That was his entire campaign. I didn't run on anything else except hope and change. And he got that nomination. He did. Okay, so let's um, so we get to the markets from yesterday. Um, no, listen, do you, do you think that you think that we throw a keg party at Markowski Investments when uh, we see d- days like yesterday where you see a 5% swing to the upside? No. No. Yeah, I, I remember back during the 1990s, every single time, every single time there'd be another record in particular on the NASDAQ. Every single time there'd be another record, it was, it was like a big fiesta. Big fiesta at CNBC again and again and again. I'm like, this is going to end badly. Which did. He saw the, the NASDAQ uh, drop by over 
70 70 was close to 75 percent after the entire thing collapsed and it was uh we told you that was going to happen this what well, happened over the past uh, couple weeks not a bubble markets got a little bit pricey you have issues popping up with this possible pandemic whatever you want to call it the media scaring people half to death and you have these things happen unfortunately they happen um Things can happen very violently with today's, today's markets and how things are traded, the type of funds that are out there, electronic trading. Things that, um, let's be over the years, I can't see I told you so moments. I said, this is bad. It's not a good idea. I don't like this one bit. Remember going back to 2010. 2010, how, how, many, how many points did the market correct in like 15 minutes with that flash crash? And we were told at the end of the day, oh, it was some, some trader with a fat finger. I'm like, shut the blank up. It was a fat finger. No, no, it's, it's all of this uh, computerized crap that you have going on. Um, I'm sorry, P. I, I'm, old, I'm old school. I am. I'm old school. I, I'm a believer that you know you, you need human beings involved in these things that can slow things down. We need to put in the uptick rule again when it comes to shorting. It's it's the obvious thing. What the uptick rule is is that you're not allowed to short a stock. When the bid is ticking down where you can pile on, you have to wait for it to uptick and then you can short the stock again. It's just ways to get control of things. But again, the powers that be and the electronic trading companies and many of the big firms make too much money when you see this violent action going in various different directions. Again, if somebody could explain to me, Somebody ex- could explain to me how all of this electronic trading, all this high-speed trading, all high-frequency trading, how it benefits the country, how it benefits the public. This is a public marketplace. Again, this is a highly regulated industry. A highly regulated industry. The SEC can walk into my office at any point in time, and if I have a piece of paper put out of place or something that has not filed properly or an email that that might have been be in the wrong folder they're going to find my ass yeah it's that highly regulated and they love going after process crimes they do this uh this nonsense that we have taken place today what purpose does it serve the public markets oh sure sure the high frequency traders will be able to shave pennies and nickels and all sorts of good stuff and make money doing nothing. They don't own share. They're not investors. They're not investors. An investor is someone that takes a look at a company and says, well, I like that company. I like the, the, the management team. I want to be an owner. None of them want to be owners. They're looking for disconnects in the market. The excuse that we're always given Excuse that we're always getting what we're told again by the powers that be is that it brings great liquidity to the markets, makes it easier. It's, it's driven commissions down. 
Oh, come on. Please. Please, please stop insulting my intelligence. I, I've never, ever, ever had problem with liquidity. Okay? In all of my years, all of my years, if I need to get a trade executed, I'm able to get a trade executed. And one can argue, and one can argue when you have these major sell-offs because of the electronic trading and these highly leveraged funds, the markets can become less liquid when this takes place. I would make that argument. It is much more difficult to get out of a position today when markets are going south than it was years ago. So yeah, yeah, we're constantly being sold a whole uh, load of crap. So the markets came back uh, yesterday, 5%, again, way oversold conditions. Um, do, I, do I still think we'll be seeing volatility moving forward? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Do I believe that this whole coronavirus thing is way overblown? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Do I know? Do I know how the public is going to take this? No, I don't. I got a kick out of this. But my my son told me his old school, his um his school his old public his private school in uh, Florida um, canceled classes yesterday because there was a case of the coronavirus in Sarasota, Florida, and the kids just got back from February break and they wanted to make sure that nobody had it. And I laughed. I said. What a, you know, I guess one of the reasons why I pulled my kid out of the school, because it's a school for, how shall I put this? Kitty cats run by kitty cats. And I don't want my kid to grow up being a kitty cat. Got it. Anyway. Um, so you think that by having the day off from school on Monday after the holiday, you're going to know on Tuesday what kids have the coronavirus? Maybe you're not watching the news and understand the, well, the incubation period, and everything that goes along with this. Hey, you will see overreactions like this from people in charge that shouldn't be in charge of anything because they're not leaders. They're followers of public opinion and helicopter moms that are worried. The moms that shower their kids in, uh, an antibacterial since the time that they were born. Yeah, I said it. I said it, and I don't care. So, again, I don't know. I don't know. The public may start freaking out to a greater degree. I don't know. I know. I'm not. I'm not. The numbers don't justify it, people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know, you, you, I, I, I get coronavirus, there is a pretty damn good shot I'm going to recover. Just as much as I get the flu, there's a pretty darn good shot that I'm going to recover. Anyway, am I, am I, being, am I being too harsh? Am I being too harsh? Heartless Markowski being too tough? No, I'm just... It is what it is. Again, we don't sugarcoat anything here 
on the program. Um, oh, we got to talk about this one. Uh, yeah, I've warned you about these guys. Again, see, I told you some moment, number, I don't know, 18,742. Um, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. They come up with these freaking names. The uh, free app you can get, free trading app. Free trading app uh, you can get and you can go ahead and invest by yourself. Popular with the kids, popular with the millennials. Their app went off yesterday for the entire day. <laughs> after, after a week where you had, what, almost a 15% sell-off, the day the market comes back by 5%. Again, these, this is an app for trade, free trades, free app out there. They were offline the entire day yesterday. They had 10 million uh, users on that uh, platform. Listen, um, I, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's just the updated version of E-Trade back from the 1990s. You know, you know, you should probably buy Robinhood as one of the gambling apps because the people on there are doing the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Remember I was reporting upon the amount of people, the Robinhood users, buying into the Snap IPO after it went public and what was the thing up at $27, $28 a share? Yeah, you know, my, my instant thought when I see these things, there's nothing I can do. I, I talk about this stuff here on the program. These millennials, they, they, they don't, they're most of them not going to listen to me because they know everything, right? I, I keep, th- it always comes to my mind, it's, it's Quint. Quint from Star Wars. Star Wars, excuse me, Jaws. Why did I say Star Wars? Quint from Jaws. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu, you ladies of Spain. <laughs> he's, he's, he's telling a cheap, cheap roadie, you know, you know, about the shark, ta- you know, the shark cage there, she, you, know, just, you know, cage in the water, shark in the water. But it's <laughs> I watched, and I, again, this is, I, I, I love, I love that character. I, it was such a great character. You know, I guess the, I, I saw the other day, I actually sent to my buddy, they've got action figures coming out. I'm actually going to get them. They've actually got Jaws action figures coming out. I thought that was pretty cool. So I got to get a couple of those from my office. But yeah, it's all the time. I see stuff and I'm just like, I'm getting old. Whereas maybe about you know, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I'd be jumping up and down and yelling and screaming. I, I, I guess I'm too tired. Too tired, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You can do whatever the hell you want. I, I can't stop you. I, I, let's just say, listen, it doesn't make any difference. I, I try to stop people to do stuff when I was yelling and screaming here on the program, right? And Colin, whatever we do. I just, human nature is human nature. You're either going to listen to me or you're not going to listen to me. And all these youngsters out there that are on Robin Hood that continue to lose their shirt, like I said, you might just combine it. Combine it with one of the gambling apps out there. So you can do a stock trade, and then you can also place your bet on the Knicks game tomorrow night. It is what it is. <laughs> anyway, 
Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews resigned from hardball. Um, Chris Matthews didn't do anything wrong, okay? Has Chris Matthews said countless, uttered countless cringeworthy things over the year? Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody ever mistake Chris Matthews for a journalist at MSNBC? Anybody at all? Ever mistake Chris Matthews for a journalist? Yeah, opinion guy. He's an opinion guy. He most certainly left of center. Hey, do you remember the Obama statement with the, the the chill going up his leg after the Obama speech? And yeah, he said countless cringeworthy things, which is fine. Right? I, I'm listen. I don't care. I'm in the free speech business. I don't agree with. Chris Matthews, I don't agree with his statements. I think he gets way out of line. It's okay. His show. His show, and I don't find him any any more ridiculous than many of the other hosts on MSNBC. In fact, I think that he's better than most. He made the comments recently. And again, no one's talking about that, where he was going off about socialism and talking about how he felt that he might be hung in Central Park if the socialists had won. I wonder if those were the statements that really did Chris Matthews in. Do you ever think about that? All of a sudden, we, we get this um, interview with this guest who basically said Chris Matthews hit on her. Who goes and writes an article for GQ saying that Chris Matthews hit on her? Oh, no, he made me feel uncomfortable. Do you know how many times... How many times have I been made to feel uncomfortable? Yeah, women can be aggressive, too. You know, I used to feel really... Going to pick up my kids from their elementary school down in Florida. You know what? Why not get off the beaten track? We'll go this way. Why not? We'll have a little fun today on the program. Um, Where we lived in Southwest Florida, I don't know if you remember, there was a television show, television show on starring Courtney Cox entitled Cougar Town. Well, that was based upon where I used to live. Um, Say one of the big industries in uh, Southwest Florida, where I live, that just is plastic surgery, Botox, a lot of that going on. My buddies own basically a nip tuck down there for crying out loud. Remember that television show? Anyway, anyway, um, you'd have the, you'd have a whole bunch of single moms showing up in their little tennis outfits, picking up their kids from elementary school and you know, again, it was up the street from my house and not too far, and I'd have to go to pick up the kids. And let's just say I learned that, you know what, I am going to go stand way away from that entire crowd, 
Wait, wait. Hey, people who knew my wife for crying out loud. And I'm like, I'm just I'm avoiding it like the plague. Okay. Uh, am I all right? Am I okay today? They, they say things that made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So what? Get over it. I'll be fine. So this woman, obviously she can't handle herself in the real world. Has um, She's going on a program. A guy makes a comment, basically flattering her based upon how nice looking he thought she was. And she feels a need to go to GQ and write about that. Do you think you're empowering women by doing that? Or do you think you're just scaring the hell out of men who are going to say to themselves, I don't hire any women. I don't want to deal with this nonsense. I want nothing to do with this. Nothing. Just saying. So anyway, so Chris Matthews, um, well, he's forced out, forced to resign. He had a 20-year career, oh, 19 years with hardball. Again, he's had gaffes. You're 19 years on air. You're going to say stupid things. I get that. I don't agree with most of what he said. But you, you take him out like this? You got Joy Reid on there. Brian Williams. Brian Williams, who was caught multiple times fabricating freaking stories, has his own show on your network. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty sad, if you ask me. It's pretty sad. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm in the, in the free speech business. I, I, I don't look to silence people. This is not a, this is not a win for a conservative because you're taking Chris Matthews. Are you kidding me? It's the exact opposite. The exact opposite. We need to be always in favor of the free exchange of ideas. Anyway, um, back on the foreign policy front, I, I did talk about this uh, yesterday on the program. And I again, full disclosure, I'm on Team Greece um, we got an issue going on right now. I don't know. Again, I don't know if the European Union has the capacity to actually basically grow a set. Yeah, I said it here on the program. Oh, it's not politically correct. I'm going to say it again. Grow a set of balls and deal with Erdogan in Turkey. See, in, in Turkey, they've got this little, um, you know, they're, they're basically their version of brown shirts in a way. They have a lot of refugees and migrants in Turkey, and um, they round up all those migrants. They round up all those migrants and refugees. And they, do it. they go and they harass the hell out of them, scare them, threaten them so they'll want to leave. Erdogan says he's got about 4 million migrants and refugees within his country, and he wants them out. He's threatening He's threatening to send them all to Europe. And I do find this fascinating. I do. I do find this fascinating on how of all these people from these Muslim countries are passing through Muslim countries to get to traditionally Christian countries. 
I, I, I don't get that. But, but Erdogan is threatening to send 4 million refugees into Europe. Now, there's a few places he's going to be able to do that. Greece is one of them. Yesterday, a migrant was shot by a Greek police officer trying to sneak in. And again, all sorts of protests and people, you know, Alu Akbar and yelling, getting crazy over at those areas. I'm, I'm sorry. Donald Trump is sticking by the Greeks and they have every right to defend their border. I'd send tanks to the damn border. You're not coming in. And this is how this Erdogan guy operates. He wants, he wants the full backing of the European Union to do whatever he wants in Syria. Listen, man, you can do whatever you want in Syria. Do whatever you want. I, again, it's not European Union's problem. They may can come out and condemn what you're doing, or you might get a strongly worded letter from Brussels. Big freaking deal. Or the United Nations. That's never stopped any in that area of the world before. That's never stopped the Turks before in human history. A strongly worded letter. I don't think that's going to stop you now. But again, it's, it's kind of a big story that again, no one is paying attention. Four million. They're threatening to send four million refugees into Europe. That's just what we need. We need we, you don't know Europe needs more no-go zones. Oh, and they're there. So there's any more no-go zones in Europe. Yeah, they, they, I mentioned it. The area of Europe that's actually, <laughs> actually holding the line is Eastern Europe. No, you're not coming here. Not happening. But again, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm heartless. By any stretch of the imagination, I, I do think that there needs to be solutions to this, and, and I think Turkey should be playing a part in it, but I also think the European Union and the United States should be playing a part. We, uh, we helped out in causing this migrant and refugee crisis. I don't care what John Bolton tells you. Anyway, have a great day. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great stuff there. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll see you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.